of old Joel Osteen. I listen to him a lot, and every time he begins a sermon, he tells just kind of a funny story, you know, just sort of to get everybody's attention, wake everybody up, be a part of what's going on. I heard Joel tell a story the other day about a worship service that was going on. He said, man, things were just going great and having a powerful time. And then all of a sudden, in the middle of worship service, sort of a smoke fill the pulpit area and a little bolt of fire flashed down toward the pulpit and all of a sudden Satan was standing behind the pulpit. He said people were just frightened. Some folks began to get up and run out of the church. He said there was one little super mom seated on the front row and she never budged. She just sat there with her Bible open, kept praying, didn't bother her at all. And after a little while Satan said, ma'am, don't you know who I am? She said, yeah, I know who you are. And then Satan said, well, why aren't you afraid then? She said, I've lived with your brother 40 years. Why should I be afraid? <laughs> now, guys, don't apply that, okay? No application, just a little story. Super moms, what a blessing. I want to start with a pop quiz this morning. And I won't call on any names. I won't point anyone out. But I want to give you a little pop quiz to get us started today as we think about Mother's Day. Who in here can give me the name of Moses' mother? Raise your hand if you can. All right, we got a young man back there that can. Anybody in the choir? You want to give it to us? You're exactly right. Jochebed, Jochebed. What's your name? Gerald. Man, I'm going to bring you a Bible, okay? Praise the Lord. That's good. Well, you know, I find it interesting that uh, she raised the second most powerful man in the world. See, I believe Jesus was the most powerful, but this, this woman raised the second most powerful man in the world, Moses. And yet, you know, in obscurity... We don't really know her name even, you know. We've not, we've not really paid attention to that. And she's so important. You know, Moses became the lawgiver. Moses became the dynamic leader of uh, the children of Israel that led them out of the Exodus and across the Red Sea. We believe that he is sort of a type of Christ in the Old Testament, being that deliverer that he was. It is said that the hand that rocks the cradle rules the world. Mom, I want you to hear that. The hand that rocks the cradle rules the world. Because the way we raise our kids influences the next generation. And those kids rise up and become powerful when they're led the right way. There was no Moses without Jochebed. No way. Physically, that's true. She gave birth. She carried him nine months, gave birth. Then Jochebed nurtured him all those years and took care of him and, and uh, did powerful things and protected him and watched over him. And yet we hardly know her name. And I want to talk to you a little bit about that this morning, about super moms. If you've got your Bible, open it to Exodus chapter 1, verse 22. Let's stand together and read the word. Exodus 1, 22. The story of Jochebed, the mother of Moses, the great deliverer. Verse 22, Then Pharaoh commanded all his people, saying, 
Every son who is born to you shall be cast into the Nile, and every daughter you shall keep. Now a man from the house of Levi went and married a daughter of Levi. And the woman conceived and bore a son, and when she saw that he was beautiful, she hid him for three months. But when she could hide him no longer, she got him a wicker basket or a little ark and covered it over with tar and pitch. Then she put the child into it and set it among the reeds by the bank of the Nile. And his sister stood at a distance to find out what would happen to him. That was Miriam, another great leader in the Bible. Miriam stood out there. And then the daughter of Pharaoh came down to bathe at the Nile with her maidens walking alongside the Nile. And she saw the basket among the reeds and sent her maid and she brought it to her. When she opened it, she saw the child and behold, the boy was crying. And she had pity on him and said, This is one of the Hebrew children. Then his sister said to Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and call a nurse for you from the Hebrew women, that she may nurse the child for you? And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Go ahead. And the girl went and called the child's mother. Then Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Here's what Pharaoh's daughter said to Moses' mother, Take this child away and nurse him for me, and I shall give you your wages. So the woman took the child and nursed him, and the child grew. And she brought him to Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. And she named him Moses and said, Because I drew him out of the water. What a wonderful story about a super mom. Let's pray together. Father, thank you today for all these super moms that are in this service. I pray that you'll reward each of them. I pray that they will sense a fulfillment of that which you have uh, gifted them with. And Lord, I pray that that in every one of their lives, their children will rise and call them blessed. Lord, their, their husbands will praise them. That Lord, it'll just be a Proverbs 31 fulfillment in each life of each mom in this service. And Lord, we just dedicate this service to you and pray that you'll receive all the glory and all the honor. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. Won't you be seated? You know, when I think about the job of a mother, man, I tell you what, it is a frustrating job at times. We understand that. You know, it can be, it can be tough. It can be tight and it can be difficult and it's tiring. A lot of times moms are unnoticed. Uh, many times they probably feel unappreciated and unrewarded and maybe almost forgotten. But you know what? I believe Jesus has special rewards for mothers. I just somehow believe that he just rewards them in an unusual way. I heard Fox News talking about how much is a stay-at-home mom worth? I don't know if you saw that clip or not. But they talked about how she has to be a nurse, how at times she has to be a medical doctor almost, how at times she's the chef. At times, she's the uh, purchasing agent, and on and on down the line about all these jobs that mom has, and here's what Fox News came up with. This isn't my number, guys. This is Fox News, National News Channel said, stay-at-home mom is worth $180,000 a year. So I don't know how much you moms make, but that's what you're worth. That's what the news media says. When we, when we categorize all that you do, you're worth at least $180,000. I'd say this, you're worth a whole lot more than that. That's just monetary value. You know what Jesus' dying request was? He was hanging on the cross. And about his last breath, he looked down at John, 
uh, his, his buddy, and he told John, he said, John, behold your mother. I want you to take care of mom. I want you to take care of Mary for me. The One of the last things Jesus did as he's drawing his final breath is ask one of his closest friends to take care of Mary, his mother. I think that speaks volumes about what God thinks about motherhood and about the moms that we have. And did you know there are forces in America today, and I read about them all the time and I hear about them on the news media, forces who want to do away with Mother's Day. They say it offends them. You know, there were some homosexuals uh, rose up and said Mother's Day offended them. I want to say to all of them, let it offend you. It's okay. I believe we ought to have a recognition of our moms, and I believe we ought to take the stand and say that's what we want. I love what Dr. Rogers always said. He said, liberals are so broad-minded the brains fall out. (laughs) Amen, Adrian Rogers. I think you're right on top. Target. Liberals are so broad-minded, the brains are all falling out. And uh, some of the newfangled ideas and things in America just sort of blow me away. I just can't understand and can't believe it. Super moms, I want to give you four things to take away with you as we leave this place. First of all, that super protection that comes from mothers. Mothers exhibit protective instinct. They have it built inside of them. Man, I mean, it just comes with the package of being a female. You got it. God gave it to you. It came, and as you bear children, it really blossoms and becomes probably its fullest power in your life. See, Jochebed has given birth to Moses. And then Pharaoh has commanded and given the decree that every male child shall be put to death. Well, I'll tell you what that did. That brought out of Jochebed the finest of her instinct to protect that child. Verse 22 of chapter 1 says, Kill all the male children. Every son is to be killed. The daughters are to be kept alive. And can you imagine Jochebed raising this little baby? Boy, the first weeks of a baby are a challenge to everyone. Mom, dad, siblings, everyone in the household, those those first few days, I mean, they are tough. They are difficult. And then add to that needing to hide this child for all these months to keep Pharaoh's henchmen from finding those boys and taking their lives. I think that's what it means in chapter 2, verse 2, when it says Moses was a beautiful child. How's it say? He was beautiful and she hid him for three months. I believe what that saying is, Moses was an aggressive, powerful young baby. And he had big lungs, and he could make a lot of racket. And his mother had to hide him for three months. And this decree that came out of Pharaoh, it just triggered her protective instincts. And she kept him hidden for three months. I don't know how she did. Every time he cried, she would nestle him into her chest and hold on to him and pacify him the best that she could. Every time he began to fret, she's pulling him out of the crib. Every time he's about to scream, she's right there. You know what that suggests? Very little sleep. And mom was on top of it all the time. She was a super mom. There were long nights, no sleep, healthy baby boy, keep him quiet. It was survival all the way. 
And she had that. Well, I've seen that in my mother. I've seen that in my wife, who is the mother of my children. I've seen that in many of you because we just, it's there. It's built into our women. Do you know the entire animal kingdom has it? The whole animal kingdom has the same protective instinct built into the female. It's amazing. Here a while back when we had our home in Germantown, we had a half an acre. We were in a subdivision where everybody had a little bit of land. I had a half an acre, and I had to cut that thing. And so I bought me a big old riding lawnmower. I had this big 45-inch cut, 18-horsepower Briggs & Stratton. It was big and clumsy, made a lot of noise. And I will never forget one year, a killdee developed a nest in my yard. Have you ever seen a killdee, a little old bird, about like this? And she had built the nest in the yard, had some eggs there. And I had noticed the nest, and I was watching. I was keeping an eye on it. And I was out there on my great big riding mower, and I'm cutting the grass. And I start going toward this killdee, and here I am. You know, I'm a 200-pound man. That little old bird's about an ounce or two, maybe. And uh, she's, she's on that nest, and I'm on this giant 45-inch roaring riding lawnmower. And here's what she did. She got off her eggs, and she got out in front of that as I came close with that lawnmower. And she put those wings down, and she got right in front of me. And it was almost like she was saying, big boy, I dare you to come here. If you run over my nest, I'm going to tear you apart. And I thought, wow, what a brave little killdee. And you know what I did? I stayed away from her nest. I went around that thing. I wasn't about to interfere with that bird's nest and her little eggs and her little birds out there because she had the protective instinct built inside of her. Have you ever tried to fool with a mama dog whenever she's had puppies? If you get in there and start to mess with her puppies and she thinks you're going to hurt them, you know what she's going to do? She's going to attack you. She's coming down on you. When a mother cow has a calf, watch out. You better be careful in there fooling with that mama calf because she's going to take care of that. When we were in the Smoky Mountains a while back, we made that Cades Cove loop that goes back in the back. And we, uh, in our trip, you know, there was a, a mama bear that had two cubs. And all the cars stopped. You've been there. You know how it is, man. I mean, it might be a mile of cars stopped there. And uh, people are getting out of their cars. And I see this mama, mama bear with two cubs. I want you to know this, don't go messing around with them. Don't go over there and say, I'm going to pet me a cute little cub, because about the time you do, that mama bear is going to eat you up, because they have that protective instinct built inside of them. I believe God has placed it in mothers. They, They just have the instinct. They have the protection. They're willing to give their lives. You know, we men are also, but men are just different. Women have the touch. They're the ones that God has gifted with it. That's why I call them super moms. I mean, it's just a, it's amazing the gift that God has given them. You want to make mom mad? Let me tell you how. Talk bad about her kids. Or try to hurt her kids in any way. You'll make her mad. You're going to make her real mad. If you want to make her glad, just brag on her kids. And you got her right in your hand because that's her life. She's, she's built into that. Because every child is a potential leader for God. I believe that's why. And God has given that so that women have that instinct to watch over them and take care of them. Because just who knows how much powerful influence they'll have in the world as they grow up. Stalin said years ago, and I think he's right, he said, America is one generation away from destruction. 
America is one generation away from destruction. And I would suggest to you, I'm afraid there are some things on the horizon that are, that are danger marks for North America. The deterioration of the family is a real danger mark. If the family continues to collapse, we got real problems in this country. And along with the collapse of the, of the family is the rise of homosexuality. See, I don't believe homosexuality is an alternate lifestyle. I believe it is S-I-N, sin. And I believe that's what the Word of God has to say. And I believe it can be documented in the Word of God. And we better start calling it what it is and not, not try to sugarcoat it because we've got problems in this country. And then add to that the abortion problem. And I'm telling you, it's serious. In America, it's serious. And what he had to say is right. America is one generation away from destruction. Super moms exhibit protective instinct. Thank you, moms, for doing that. God bless you. That's built inside of you. Number two, super moms have a super love. Man, they just have, they have, you know, I love my boys, but I want you to know, gay outstrips me in that area. You know, she just has something inside that's different from what I've got. Because I believe they exemplify this preserving love. There's no love like mom, amen? No love like mom, and she just got it. It's inside her life. I call it super love. See, as Moses got larger, he became more mobile. He was more difficult to hide. Maybe he even began to try to crawl a little bit. And God had to speak to Jochebed. It was difficult to hide this child. And God said, I want you to build a little ark. Once you build a little basket, put some watertight material on it, put some tar and pitch around this basket, and I want you to put the baby out there on the Nile River, put your sister there in the bushes to keep an eye on that, and I'll take care of the rest. Well, boy, this mom, with all that love in her heart, that was a difficult assignment. I can imagine she began to build this little ark and put that basket together. There was no rest for her. And mother's love was woven into every fiber of that ark because it was going to carry the precious cargo of her son. The night before they put Moses in the Nile River, everybody else slept except mom. Mom wasn't asleep because she was rocking Moses and she was holding Moses and she was kissing Moses and she knows she's got to put him in that little little basket and put and have him put it out there on the Nile River and man she is really upset about that but she's trusting God that love in her heart was so great put her daughter in charge and said there it is it required a lot of faith on Jacobed's part because she exemplified that preserving love that comes for a mom. You know, I was 20 years old. I almost died of melanoma cancer. And really, a lot of them thought I was going to die. And uh, I guess under some circumstances, I probably would have. I had to have radical surgery at MD Anderson Hospital, eight hours of surgery. And I remember after that surgery, I was in the hospital for 14 days, just trying to, just struggling for survival in that hospital. And I remember my mother, you know, my daddy loved us boys, but boy, mom had that mom's love. I remember my mom many, many of those nights, all night while I was sick, staying up with me. And I thought to myself, boy, this is some kind of love as she just stands by my bed in this critical hour. And uh, just a few years ago, I got all of Mama's stuff whenever she we had to put her in a nursing home finally. And I brought her home, and I had a box full of letters that, that, and cards that 
she had. And I began to kind of go through them. And her mother called her Suge. And I began to read these letters from my mother's mother, my grandmother, my mother, during that time when I was so sick. And my grandmother knew my mother was staying up all night long with me and watching over. And I can remember reading those letters. And she'd say, Suge, I'm so concerned about you. You're staying up so much. You're not getting any sleep. You, you need to take care of yourself. You need to get some rest. And that, that love that mom has, you know, she just hangs in there, stays there. And I'll say this to all of you super moms in this auditorium this morning. I'll make you a promise. You just keep on loving them. Just keep on loving them. Just keep on taking care of them. And they may smart off a little bit. Because all of us young guys do every once in a while. You know, we, we may rebel occasionally. But I'll make you this promise. In a few years, they're going to stand. And one day, they're going to rise. And they're going to call you blessed because of what you did and how you love them. It'll become a great day whenever that happens. Because mother's love is so powerful. You know, I saw it this week. Last Sunday was a good day in the life of our church, and I was worn out Sunday night. I was ready to go home and, and uh, hit the sack. And uh, on, the, on the way, well, we knew it before church, but on the way, some folks wanted to get a little bite to eat, so we dropped by there. And in between leaving here and going to a bite to eat, Gay got on the phone because Daniel had gotten a little sick. He had his last final. He was under a lot of stress and trying to make the right kind of grades. And he'd gotten sick Sunday afternoon. And Gay said, I got to check on you. So about five calls, you know, we're, we're checking on Dan. And uh, we finally get home. And I said, oh, I'm just so tired, you know. She said, well, I think we might ought to go to Memphis. I said, go to Memphis? Man, I'm... I'm worn out. She said, yeah, but Dan, Dan may need us. So she makes another call. Let me tell you what, guys, at 10 o'clock, I was packing the car up. And we roll that thing out of here. And midnight, midnight, we're home. And you know what? He was sound asleep. He was doing better. But mom had to know that. You know, mom, I mean, old dad could have gone on to sleep. But mom had that exemplary, preserving love. Thank you, baby, for having that kind of love. I'm glad you do for our kids. And uh, actually, she drove all the way home for me. I appreciated that, too. I just kind of kicked back, worn down. Well, super moms, they have that kind of love. Number three, super moms are able to instill wise instruction. You know what the Bible says? The Bible says God honors mother's wisdom. I bet you never in a million years did Jochebed realize what was going to happen here. She never expected that the princess would find her son. That the princess would be the one to walk to the edge of the Nile and see little Moses and ultimately bring Moses in. Now think about this. This is Pharaoh's family. Pharaoh issued the decree. And Pharaoh's family finds... Little Moses, verse 5 says, you know, the daughter of Pharaoh came down to bathe in the Nile River. And you know what happened? Moses put on a show. He took off. He just began to bellow and uh, holler it out in that little basket that they had made. Made all the noise that he could. And she had the baby retrieved and brought in. And then we know that Miriam stepped in and said, well, you know what? I might could find you a... Uh, a lady, a Jewish woman, an Israelite, to raise this child. And the princess said, well, that'd be good. And 
So we know that ultimately Miriam went home, got Jochebed and brought her back out there. And the princess said this to Jochebed, take this child away and nurse him for me and I will give you your wages. What an incredible story that the princess, see, she had a mother's heart. The princess did. She had the maternal instinct. It was built into her. The package was there when she was born. And when she heard that baby, her desire wasn't what her daddy's was. Her daddy was kill that kid, but not the princess. The princess said, no way. That instinct kicked in. And uh, so Miriam, Miriam goes against Jochebed, and the princess says, you don't need to worry about Pharaoh. I'll take care of Pharaoh. I can handle him. I can, I can take care of that end of the story. You care for the child for me, and I'll pay you good wages for doing it. Can you imagine that mom's joy when she got home and thought, you know what, I'm going to get paid for raising Moses, this is the greatest thing that I could have ever done. And I'm actually going, you know, it's kind of like me sometimes when I get to preach in some of these great churches and, and I'm, I'm thinking, those guys are paying me to do this. Y'all didn't think that was funny. Those guys are paying me. For, you know, I would do it for nothing. Just for the privilege to do what God has called me to do. And they're actually taking care of me for doing this. And Moses, Moses' mom got paid for the one job that she would rather do than anything else. Raise that child. You know, Proverbs 31 talks about that kind of woman. Verse 26 through 31 says, Her mouth is full of wisdom. She looks after her household. Her children will bless her, and her husband will praise her. Guys, I'm going to tell you something. We ought to be praising our wives. Women, get them. Boom. Put an elbow on them. We guys ought to be praising our wives. It's amazing, you know, how often we forget the sacrifice that they make. And they make it every day in our lives and take care of all those things. Mom is a super mom. Wisdom flows from her into her children. You know, I saw it in my mother. My mother's in heaven now. I can't call her anymore and say, Happy Mother's Day. I called her this morning in prayer. As I walked and I talked and I said, God, you know, I don't know how it all is up there. But tell mom I love her. You know, tell mom I love her. Would you pass that message on? Somehow I believe mama got the message. I believe God got it through. But for all those years, you know, I'd call my mother in Texas and we'd talk together and share. And every time almost she'd say, son, you're just going too much. You're working too hard. You're, you're flying too many places. You need to take care of yourself. You need to, you need to slow it down. You know, that was that instinct in her. That was that wisdom that she had. And I'll never forget, right before she died, she'd had a stroke the last couple of years and couldn't talk to me anymore, but she could make features and faces and point and smile. And I'd had a heart attack almost three years ago, and Mom, we just had to put her in the nursing home, and I flew there just shortly after having the heart attack. Shouldn't have gone that quickly, but I did. My brothers had told my mom all about it. Well, I knew the minute I saw her, you know, she just reached up out of the bed and pulled me down in the bed. 
and she just cried and she just held on. I knew what she was saying. She was saying, son, I'm, I'm so sorry you had that heart attack. And, you know, she was just, she was just reaching out with all that love that a mom can reach out with. And I visited with her a day or two there and was leaving to go get on the airplane. And boy, the last thing was the same way. You know, I looked down at her and boy, tears were just flowing down her face. And she reached up, pulled me down. My brother said, I have never seen mama do what she did there. She just pulled me back down in that bed and just flowed those tears. She really thought I was going to die. And she was reaching out to me. But you know what? I flew home, and just a few weeks after that, she was sleeping in the bed, and God just reached down and pulled her out of there all the way to heaven, 88 years old, loved God all the way, walked with God, and now she's walking on golden streets. That great love that mom has and the wisdom that they bestow on us and pour upon us. And I thank Jesus that he got that message through to her this morning for me. You guys that can call your mom, get on the phone. You ladies that can call your mom, get on the phone, spend that time, every precious moment of it, and uh, restore those and have a, have a wonderful fellowship together. Last of all, super moms inspire faithful training. Boy, moms train. They train. They don't just teach. Teach is in the brain. Training's in the heart. And I can't wait some Sunday to preach on that one. Proverbs 22, 6 is one of my favorite verses. And I've got, I've got a rip snorter out of that passage about raising kids in a mixed up world. Because I tell you, I believe we need that one today. And women have that training ability. In verse 9 it says, So Jochebed, after the princess handed her the baby, Jochebed took Moses home and nursed him and he grew up. Is what the Bible says. She was paid Egyptian gold to do the job that she wanted to do more than any other job in the world. Raise her son Moses. And she fell on her knees, I'm sure, when she got home and praised God and thanked him and full of joy. And in those formative years, she built it into him. She built into Moses to believe in Jehovah God. I believe that we parents ought to just... Drill it into our kids to believe in Jehovah God, to believe in Jesus, to plant their heart in Him, because nothing else matters. Listen to me, folks. A hundred years from now, all that matters is where you, where you are in eternity. None of the else, else matters. You know, the kind of house we have, the kind of car we drive, the kind of clothes we wear, it doesn't matter. A hundred years from now, really, that's all that matters right now. But it surely is a hundred years from now. She trained Moses to believe in Jehovah God and to take a stand for him. And man, I want you to know Moses knew how to take a stand. And he did take a stand and God used him in a mighty way. She taught Moses to respect the nation of Israel. And I believe we still ought to respect the nation of Israel today. I think it's the same stand that she taught Moses. She taught Moses the promise of Abraham. And Moses had it built into his heart. She may have even talked to him about a deliverer that would rise up in Judaism and lead those Israelites out of that bondage. She may have taught him about that. And God then triggered that in his heart and he arose and became that great leader. He had the training at the Oxford of Egypt at his mother's feet as she just poured it into him and taught him that. Proverbs 22, 6 says, Train up a child in the way that he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. And really, I don't want to preach that one today, but I'll tell you what it means when he matures, when he or she matures, they will not depart. 
from that. I don't believe it means when they get old, gray-headed. I believe it's just when they mature up, they'll understand that that training was right and God will pull them in. We hardly know Moses' parents' name. And yet she raised Aaron, the high priest. She raised Miriam, the strongest female leader probably in the Bible. And she raised Moses, a type of Jesus, and yet we have trouble remembering that little name, Jochebed, because she had that great love, that mom's love. She was a super mom, just like moms here today are super moms. You know, during the invitation, you may want to come and just fall in this altar and thank God for your mother. I've already done that before we got here. That was my first agenda this morning, was to thank God for a mom that gave me that kind of life. Perhaps you want to do that. Or maybe you need to come this morning. You know what? The love moms had, have for us is a lot like the love Jesus has for us. He gave his life that we might have salvation. Boy, moms give, give themselves that we might have the gift of life. And maybe you need to receive Jesus as your Savior. What a great day to do that on Mother's Day. Maybe you need to make that public today and come and say, you know what? I'm going to let everybody here know that Jesus is my Savior. I was in the food line at our dedication day, and a young man was standing behind me. And we began to talk, and he said, you know what, Brother Bill? I've asked Jesus in my heart, but I've never come made that public. I said, well, you know what? You need to do that, don't you? He said, yes, I do. I said, well, good time for you to do that. That young man's here today and probably going to make that public today in this invitation, that Jesus is his personal Savior. There may be others that need to do that. Maybe you need to come for baptism. Perhaps you want to join First Baptist Church. Maybe you've been visiting a good while and you say, you know what, it's a good time, good time to join. You know what, it costs zero to transfer a letter. My family joined last Sunday. I probably won't be here that long, but you know what, we joined up. Because I want to be a part of the family. I want to be I want to be in here. I want to be under the umbrella of the love that drips off this church. <laughs> and maybe you feel God's leadership to join our church today. Whatever decision God's planted in your heart, why don't you come in just a moment as we begin to sing. Brother Austin's going to lead us in a hymn of invitation. And uh, I'm going to lead us in a word of prayer first. Let's stand. I want to lead us in prayer. And then if you know it's God's will for you to come, if you're there and you'd say, I need Jesus as my Savior, and you sense God is tugging on your heart, do you know all you have to do is pray a simple prayer, an invitation prayer that invites Christ into your life? If that's you and you need to pray that, why don't you pray that prayer right now? Let's bow our heads together. I want to lead you in that prayer first. If you're sensing the tug of God, here's all you've got to do is pray something like this. It's not these words... But it's the attitude. Dear God, I confess to you that I am a sinner. But I believe Jesus died on the cross to forgive me of my sin. And I trust him today to wash my sin away. Come into my heart. Become my personal Savior in Jesus' name. If you prayed that and you meant it, when we start to sing a little bit, you come and make that decision. Will you come right now? Austin, would you lead us? If you need to come, step out as soon as we begin to sing and make your decisions.